Hi, I'm Tyler Harris, and you're listening to the latest episode of Down in the Weeds. Today we're talking with Matt Stockton, ag economist at UNL's West Central Research and Extension Center, and we're talking about something that we haven't really touched on a whole lot before, and it's something that's very timely, and that's the return on investment that we get from hybrid selection decisions. Uh, Matt, first I wanted to I wanted to start by asking, you know, what kind of sparked your interest in hybrid return on investment? Because you know, from what I've seen anecdotally, and you and I talked about this before, but what most producers make their hybrid and variety decisions on is usually based on seed dealer recommendations. Yeah, they do. And, um, you know, I was, before I got interested in this, and the reason I am interested in this, which is what you asked, is that we run the thing called the TAPS program here at the West Central Research Extension Center. And this program is an opportunity for producers to do different things, make different decisions, and and, and compete against each other for a profitability, not just yield. And so one of the things is we take, I've taken the information from a result of these contests, and I was doing some work with the seed variety stuff and then looking at all the things producers do, and we've been able to find out that seed variety selection makes a big difference in your profitability. And so it really shocked me because I didn't expect that to be the case because I figured seed is kind of seed. I mean, you, you understand, I mean, everybody makes their own seed, and they're probably pretty close, but they're really not as close as I expected them to be, and, and there's quite a difference that yield and cost and this relationship between yield, cost, and these, these kinds of things. And, and so I did a, a piece on that, and it's been very interesting and fascinating because it showed me that it really is important to maybe try to figure out how that works for you and your operation. Yeah, and you, as you mentioned, you know, you ha- you have some really good numbers from the TAPS competition. And for a little background on on that for listeners, that's the Testing Ag Performance Solutions Farm Management Competition that is held out at the West Central Research and Extension Center, where participants can make decisions on on in six categories: seed selection, population, insurance, marketing, nitrogen, and irrigation, and one of the things that you had pointed out was there was obviously some pretty big differences in seed costs that just among the competitors. So, so what what differences? Just if we're talking about seed costs alone, have we seen? Uh, because the TAPS program has been going on since I think 2017, so we've got you know about four years almost uh, counting this year of data. What what are some of the differences that we see in seed costs? Well, cost, of course, you know, and which is important. I'm not discounting that in any way. But there's been differences. I suppose you can pay 40, 50. Well, I've seen, what I've seen, there may be more or less than this in, in, in reality because I don't know every seed company, every cost. But, I mean, we were going, and, and you do it on a basis of a per acre cost, not, you know, because it, it's obviously affected by population and, and, you know, that sort of thing. So, it basically, anywhere we would, uh, you know, it could be about $40, $50 difference at the most. There's, there's sometimes only 10 or 15. You know, it just depends on the seed you pick. And what kind of genetics and, and, and that, you know, whether you've got some of these things, like, like these triple stacks versus, you know, some that are a little bit less yeah. new in their genetics. I mean, the, the genetics is sometimes what you're paying for. But the key is not what you pay for the seed. That's not mm-hmm. really the, the important thing. The important thing is that whatever you pay that seed for, does it bring back in, in, in yield what is needed? So it's, it's, it's cost per unit yield for it, so in other words, so to speak. So if I plant the seed and it costs me $120 and I get 20 more bushels in it, you know, or, or 40 more bushels than I do with an $80 seed, 
for this forty dollar difference, I'm going to bit get more with 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 the more expensive seed. But if I'm only getting two or three bushels more per acre for the hundred twenty dollars, then it's like, or even five bushels, it's still that's still you know forty dollars. I mean, so if you divide that by the number of bushels difference, let's say it's five bushels. I mean, that's that's eight dollars a bushel you're paying for those those bushels that are above that because and you're only going to get about three and a half four bucks a bushel for that, so it's not going to pay for itself. So yeah, that, those are the kinds of things. That, that, I, that I think you should consider, not just the, what the cost is to, for the seed, but the, what are you going to get back from that added cost or from that, from that not from the cost, but maybe from reducing the cost, are you, are you going to lose more than it's worth? It, it goes the other way, too. Yeah, and so you've set up some really good examples, you know, especially when we look at the TAPS competition. Can, can you kind of paint a picture for us? You know, if we're looking at a scenario where we have two growers, one is using hybrid A, we have another using hybrid B, exact same agronomic practices and planting populations. And if, I mean, maybe we could even set up a, a couple examples because it's, there are some situations, I mean, I, I think one of the things that you had mentioned is that when we look at the TAPS competition, there are quite a few who potentially, if we look at those numbers, by switching to a less expensive hybrid, they, they even saw higher yields by using the same agronomic practices. And that, that wasn't always the case, but, but, but often it was. So, I mean, could you kind of set up a scenario for us there and how, how some of those different scenarios played out? Well, okay, so what, what you're talking about here uh, is the fact that we have a situation where people planted, we had like 20, 20 or more competitors or whatever it was, 25 yeah. or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and we had like about 18 different varieties of corn planted. And what I did is there was one variety that we used as a base variety that we did some work in so we could compare the, the performance of the base variety versus the performance of the other varieties that people planted. It's under the same field conditions, same year, same everything. The difference was the, basically the variety and, and, and some of the things. So it's kind of like a controlled scientific experiment when you control for the, for, for the differences between them. Whatever, the point being is, is, is that's exactly what we did or what the CAFS program did. And so I took this information, and it turns out that there is some cases where people paid less for seed than this base variety, and they got less yield, but they made less money because what they got more, it saved them quite a bit of money, but it it also lost them some, uh, the yield to the point where it reduced their income, which Mm -hmm. is what I was talking about, or their, 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 yeah, well, their, it reduced their yield. We didn't. I didn't talk about income yet. So then, the other thing is, on the other side of the fence, there were many people that brought more expensive varieties, and those expensive varieties didn't yield enough to pay for the extra cost of the seed. Now, there was one variety that basically was about the same that cost quite a bit more, and it gave quite a bit more yield. So it turned out to be that that variety, given the cost and the prices we had, worked out great as far as paying back what it would have used. So in other words, using that variety that was more expensive was just as good as using the base variety. So it all boils down to the fact is you got to look at what you're getting for what you're buying, not not just the name of the seed or the brand of the seed or, you know, what the seed says it is or does. What you really want to try to do is when you make a seed decision is what it comes down to is what's that really going to do for my yield? In other words, you may not have the highest yield from that seed, but maybe that seed's the best seed to plant because the yield you get is most cost-effective. You may have a, a, a seed variety that actually 
you know, so so that's why, you know, some people think of the cheaper seed. So in other words, if I can buy a seed for 80 bucks and get the same yield as I do for 120 bucks, why am I paying 120 bucks? Yeah. And, or you know, that's kind of, what, I mean, uh, you know, kind of a quick way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, why would I pay 80 bucks and save the 40 bucks when I could get $60 more and buy the $120 seed? So it can work both ways. So I think the key part to the thing is, what is that seed going to do for you and how does it work with your management practices and what you're doing and what does that mean as far as yield? Because yield is what you get paid for. You don't get paid for anything else. I mean, you you know, you may think, well, okay, i got to have corn residue, i got to have disease residue. You know, well, okay, so if those things cut your cost, and make that seed viable, then that's the seed you should be using. But that's that's why your production practices and all that come into this because it, the seed is more than just you know it keeps you from having to spray. Maybe it keeps you you know those other things have to be considered. So mm-hmm. in other words, if I buy a seed for one hundred twenty dollars an acre and I'm saving a thirty dollar application of insecticide per acre, then that seed's only going to cost me basically ninety dollars. It basically is what you're saying because if you plant a $90 seed and you, and you have to do the same application of, of insecticide, those two things are exactly equal, assuming they have the same yield. Yeah. Well, and that's you're talking about, I think, some situations, and we talked about this the other day, where you could see a, a multi-year component to that if you're talking about a budget. You're talking about a multi-year approach because, I, I, and I, you know, I just... Thinking of this scenario in my head, you know, you could be looking at something where you're talking about a traded seed that's resistant to a certain chemistry that you might find, you know, necessary to use to control a certain weed population that is encroaching and really robbing you of yields. And I realize that sometimes that can be a little difficult to quantify in terms of, you know, how much is that, how much yield is that, is that particular weed species or this resistant weed population costing you. But you're also looking at a scenario where that if you don't get that under control one year, then you're going to see it get out of control years down the road. So you're looking at it from a multi-year approach. So it may be beneficial to use that traded seed early on if it saves you in more input costs or saves you more yield down the road. And, and, and like, exactly, exactly. Yep. I would say exactly. Good, good point. Yeah, and, and that's that's a, that's a complex thing to calculate. I mean, I don't know if there's really an easy way to do that, or if you it's it's going to be a case by case situation where you really just have to tally up your costs and figure out how what that is for you. Really, I mean, I, I don't know of any other way. Right. Yeah. You have you have to come to some conclusion, and sometimes that may not you may not be able to do that with pen and paper or with a tablet, and sometimes that's a that's that, that you're, you're you may be subjective in the sense that you have knowledge, you've done this for years, and you look at that and you go, you know, the cost is going to... And you make that decision, and, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, the more you can actually get down to the real factual responses, and the more accurate your predictions are about what's going to happen, the better the decisions you're going to make. And that, that, that that's a key point to, 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 to illustrate here, is that you need to, to really try to get the best information you can and when you're making a decision, and not just make a decision based on some whim, and, and, and no, I don't think anybody does in farming. I don't think they're whim oriented. But what I'm trying to say is that so that's why it's so difficult with farming because you're trying to predict the, the future. And sometimes there may even be reasons to shortcut the future for today just because you have to make ends meet. 
So there's none of that going on. I mean, so oh, yeah. this, this is a comp. This is a complex decision that, and that's why individual people have to make it. Nobody can make the same decision. In other words, your neighbor can be doing one thing. You may want to do something completely different because he may not understand the complete complexities of your financial situation and where you are and what your management practices and the particular farm ground you're farming. And there's a bunch of other things that could get into there that are just so complex. And that's why sometimes I think we have to be careful just not to do what our neighbor does, but mm-hmm. to do what we know works for us. And, and, and that's that's part of the decision process as well. I know that's really not about, but so I think the C decision though is, is, is not, a lot of people trust somebody else to make that decision for them because it's complex. But I'll be honest with you, I think it's important to, to spend time each year trying to figure out better and better ways for, for you to do that because it is a decision that we found, at least in our analysis for the 2018 uh, year, that had almost as $180 or more impact as much as, now as little as no impact, but as much as $180 impact for a profit per acre. Okay. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decision worth really kind of spending some time with and finding the best way to do it. And I think that's where maybe some of this data, where, you know, where there's mega data available of, of certain varieties, it, it would be helpful to just look at that at, at least to just try to give you some ideas of what seems to be working for a lot of other people or the majority of other people. So that might help you find the seed variety or whatever you want to use. Absolutely. And we'll come back to that in a minute, Matt. But you touched on something that I hadn't really accounted for, and that's, and that, which is a really good point, that you, you have to account for your own financial situation. Because, I mean, th- there might be the ideal, but then there's what's practical and feasible for your operation. And, of course, that's going to change based on where current corn prices or, 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 you know, if you're talking about soybean varieties where soybean prices are at, that's going to make a difference on, on what seed makes the most sense for you in a given year. Because it's, you know, it, you can account for yield, but, it, you know, you're talking about what, what's the total gross and then the net based on what the costs were to get there. So certainly a big factor as well. Right, and, and, and the thing is, it's not like you plant a certain seed and are guaranteed a certain yield because yeah. now you also have the, the, the risk involved in, the, in, in just farming in that yeah. season, in that particular season. Wait, that, that, you may have a seed, seed variety, and that, that, that's, that's the thing, that's what makes it so hard. It's not a guarantee just because you make the right decision, you're going to get the right outcome. Yeah. But it is something that sets you up for the potential for the year. And I think that is just oh. so important. Planning decisions are just so, I don't think we can talk about that enough because that's where, you know, that sets the foundation for the season and, and that, that seed decision in and of itself. I mean, that's where it all starts, really. That's the first decision we make for the growing season. So, Well, once you, once you put that seed in the ground, you, you are basically limited by what you can do to make that work because the genetics that you've locked in are the genetics you're going to have. And whatever you do, that genetics is going to perform according to what, and that's why it's important to make that a good decision because without making that a good decision, you're never going to end up with the right outcome because you can't, you can't change the outcome any more than the genetics will let you. And so that's why it's important. And the the genetics are important and the, and the yields important. And that's why it's important to know what seed you're putting in the ground. I would say too, that people need to recognize your seed dealer, well, he's a, he may be your friend and, he, and he's a good guy. He's maybe making decisions different than your decisions because he has a different objective in mind. In other yeah. words, he may he may fill a seed as a certain way and is, is good enough, and it's the one that they happen to have a lot of, and it's a cheap price, and in his calculations, that works for you. 
But in your calculations, if you really knew the truth about all seats, would you make the same decision? And the question the answer to that is that may or may not be the case. And I'm not saying that they're not trying to that they're dishonest or they're whatever. I'm just simply saying that you got to remember that if you let somebody else make that decision for you, they're going to have a different set of parameters in their mind, not not the same parameters that you might have in making that decision. So it's oh, important yeah. that you understand what they're doing and how they're doing it. That the seed variety you get, you know what it's how you expect it's going to perform, not just based on what somebody else might think. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that that's very true because you know while they they may have your best interests at heart, that they're not like you said they're not working in the same parameters. They're not in your shoes too. So it's it's and every farm is going to be different too. So that's exactly. Yeah, that that's just a, a decision that has to come down to the individual farmer, and that gets down to the last question I wanted to ask Matt, and and that is. And you touched on this, but when we look ahead to the future, you know, because we know, like you said, $180 per acre profit potential difference, or as much as $180. But when we look ahead to the future, this seems like this is a pretty big gap, pretty big challenge ahead, whether that's, you know, whether it's for the seed industry, whether it's for growers to take steps to close that gap. I, I guess in general terms, you know, what do we need to do? What steps need to be taken? How can we kind of help growers make better decisions using data to better select those hybrids and varieties that will ensure the best potential for the greatest return on investment? And and I think that comes down to the question that you and I had talked about the other day that, you know, how, how do growers make those decisions? You know, this, this is a, this is a, and I mean, it's a tough nut to crack because I, yeah. I think, it, I think the, the cons, conceptually it's, it's it's pretty simple in, in practice. It's it, it's pretty difficult because it's hard. It's not easy. I guess maybe making being successful at anything is takes takes effort. So the the first thing I would say is is that if you're going to make a good deep decision, you're going to have to become involved enough to understand what it is that you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and what the C is going to do for you. And you know, and, and I would think that. I have come to understand that while yield isn't everything, it sure beats anything else, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like winning isn't everything, but, you know, it, it beats everything else. It's <laughs> kind of the same idea, you know. You know. And so uh, the thing is, I, if, I, if I were making this decision, uh, the thing I would want to know is I'd want to have as much information as I can about the, the, the varieties that I'm thinking of. And then I would try to explore how those varieties perhaps have, have performed in other other areas and other places. Yeah. I mean, there's there's things like the Farmer Business Network that have what other farmers have done and what they, that's, that, that may be a good source. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a sales pitch for them. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I'm just saying, there's other places that get information. You know, people would like to see seed trials. But, you know, seed trials... That takes three or four years. Well, three or four years, you know, seeds only last on the market so long, and they aren't really that five, ten, you know, five years is a long time for a seed, yeah. a particular variety of seed to be on. I mean, so, are you ever, you know, and it's very expensive, and so I don't know that there's going to be a lot of that or all the seed varieties, and there's so much seed out there for seed. The other thing is, there's actually th- things that's interesting. You can buy sometimes the same variety under a different label for less money. Yeah. So if you know what, what the genetics is and what you're looking for and you've decided on a seed, you can, you can shop around and do that. That could help. Yeah. There, those are the things I would be thinking about. I'd also look at, you know, historically how has, you know, what, what really has worked for me, what's working for me, what works for my management style, 
and, and what kind of seat, those kinds of things I would know. And then there's experts, you can, you can talk to your seat dealers, I think you should. Yeah. And then you should talk to them about what they think. But then I think that, you know, Reagan is probably one of my, my favorite people of all time because he said something that I think it applies to many parts of life, and this is trust but verify. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> So, I, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. that that's yep. a legitimate thing to do. I mean, because you have to become, you're the one making the decision. You're the one making, spending the money. You're the one that's growing the crop. You need to understand what you're growing, why you're growing it, and, 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 and why you selected that variety seed, and it needs to fit into your management. Now, somebody may come up with an idea you never thought of that you might want to consider in your decision process as you talk to experts in the co-op and whoever else, but they aren't the ones that should be making the decision. You need to... You need to become comfortable with that decision on your own for for reasons that you you believe you understand what the what the what the right decision is, and then you make that decision. That would be my suggestion. Just you know, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, and there's experts you can hire to help you to do that. But you're the one that still makes the decision. It's still your money that's on the line. It's still you're the one that's growing the crop, and you're the one doing it. So you need to you need to be comfortable with that choice and understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like the point you made about aggregated data, you know, from some of those larger data sets, because there you're taking out the need for the time factor where you have to have years of replicated data, because if it's spread out over a large geographic area by a lot of growers who are collecting that data, that essentially shaves years off the the amount of time that it takes to verify, you know, what product or, or seed variety is going to work in a given location in a given year so that is just that that's incredibly powerful information to have it, it, it is it's not perfect but what information is perfect yeah. i don't know of any so it's but it's really good information absolutely well thanks so much for joining us today matt listeners can learn more in an upcoming print issue of nebraska farmer and online at nebraskafarmer.com be sure to follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash nebraska farmer magazine and twitter at neb farmer mag and thanks for listening to down in the weeds